the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe. It is Wednesday, July 21st. And oh boy, I wish I was coming to you with good news today. And yes, we were supposed to kick off the Tears podcast. And we have other Tears today instead. Uh, the quarterback Tears podcast, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, obviously, uh, we have a more pressing issue to discuss on the podcast today. You probably saw it already. You probably talked about it plenty yesterday. But Cam Akers suffering a ruptured Achilles. He will be out for the season almost certainly. Uh, that sort of injury, there's there's just no way for him to get back before next year. Now, Akers did come out and say that he wanted to thank every person sending prayers his way and wishing him well. Uh, He said, I hate that this happened, but I'm in great spirits and understand God makes no mistakes. I'll be back better than ever in no time. I'm a soldier. Again, thank you. So definitely wishing him the best of luck. And and I've said this many times before, injuries are the worst part of football. You know, there are things that annoy me about the NFL, like the stupid overtime rule, but flat out, injuries are the worst part of football. And in this instance here, The dude was just training. We haven't even gotten to camp. We are so stinking close to training camp. And here we go. The first major injury for fantasy football purposes. And I want to be clear about this. Not only is it the worst part of football, it's it's not fun to talk about. Because this dude just suffered a major injury. And yes... My job is to talk about fantasy football, right? And yes, we do have to talk about the ultimate fallout here. But we can't forget that this is a real human being who suffered a really bad injury. So I I don't want to downplay that for Cam Akers and obviously wishing him the best in his recovery. It's a shame because he was certainly poised to break out this year. So, you know, it stinks, but... This is what happens. This is certainly what happens. Uh, so, you know, you could be in a spot where maybe you've just drafted Cam Akers in a dynasty league. You could be in a spot where you just drafted him in a best ball, like slow draft type best ball. Uh, in a dynasty league, I actually had somebody trying to sell him. They were asking me on Twitter, no, 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 no. Hold, hold. You're going to be selling him for you know, maybe 75% of what he's worth in Dynasty, if that, and that's just not worth it. So hold him in Dynasty for sure. In best ball, you know, you're probably not getting Daryl Henderson, that's for sure, but I do have a potential other option for you. Before I get into that, though, I did want to address the Rams' backfield. Do they bring in a veteran, right? That's one of the questions. So here's the list of, of free agents available right now. And kind of the order that I think they would possibly be prioritized. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, ooh, reunited, Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Deion Lewis, Frank Gore, DeAndre Washington, Chris Thompson, Ito Smith, TJ Yeldon. It's like the ghosts of fantasy pass right there uh, in that list. And, and I don't see it likely just in general, my thought process, and I had said this on air on Sirius XM yesterday when this news broke, before we got some reports on this, my thought process is, do you want to bring in a washed-up veteran? Because basically all of those guys are toast. In one way or another, they're all toast. Do you want to bring in a washed-up veteran, 
or do you want to kind of roll the dice with what you have? And I think rolling the dice with what you have makes sense. Well, Adam Schefter reported that the Rams uh, have no immediate plans to pursue a free agent running back. He said they believe in Daryl Henderson. They like last year's undrafted free agent Xavier Jones and also drafted Jake Funk in the seventh round this year. For now, they're standing pat, but could revisit later. Sean McVay confirmed this later in the day. Uh, he said, uh, we've got some young backs on our roster that I'm intrigued about seeing how they handle this opportunity. This was to ESPN 710. Uh, he said, I don't know that the veteran route is something we'd rule out, but it's not something we're immediately looking to address right now. So that leads us to essentially what do we have here in this backfield without Cam Akers and what are the what are the indirect effects because I've gotten a lot of questions about Matthew Stafford as well so I think first and foremost we have to address the fact that you know straight up absolutely Daryl Henderson is now positioned quite well to be the lead back there were times where he looked pretty good in the run game last year and and then there were times where Cam Akers looked vastly superior obviously but we did have Henderson as the lead back for about five weeks there, it was weeks three to seven. And in that period of time, 324 rushing yards, two scores on seven carries, 16th among running backs in fantasy scoring. So he proved he could at least be an RB2. Of course, it is a small sample. I did notice something interesting, though. So Henderson, in terms of his splits last year, two-thirds of his runs came on zone concepts, the remaining third were gap concepts. Malcolm Brown, same split. That seems to be the MO historically in this run game for Sean McVay. However, Akers was a 50-50 split. So he actually ran significantly more gap concepts. And that may be an Akers thing. I'm not really sure. It was just an observation. I honestly don't know what's going on there in particular, but figured it was worth at least mentioning here. But given what we know about Henderson, given the fact that he should have this job now I think it is very fair to rank him as an RB2 so my initial ranking RB21 maybe a little bit pessimistic but I don't think we should be bullish right now I don't think we should be drafting Henderson as a top 15 projection 200 carries 888 yards eight rushing scores he should be using the red zone 43 targets 32 catches 297 and two scores as a receiver. So overall, solid numbers, decent volume, but not necessarily going to set the world on fire with those numbers. But I think the other question is, okay, we've heard some about these other running backs, so who else do the Rams have in this backfield? We'll take a quick break and then talk about that. So this is an intriguing backfield. Not a ton of depth, but then again, I mean depth at running back, unless you're... Cleveland or something where you have two absolute studs it's, it's going to be hard to have somebody slide right in and give you exactly what you had with the previous guy but like I said intriguing depth on this roster so right now behind Henderson uh, you do have uh, a couple second year backs you have Xavier Jones and Raymond Calais and it is Calais it's not Calais like Calais Campbell it's the French pronunciation whatever Raymond Calais so uh, both of them undrafted. Calais actually, I think, was originally signed by the Buccaneers, but uh, picked up by the Rams. Uh, Xavier Jones out of SMU. 
Louisiana Lafayette for uh, Raymond Calais. Uh, then you have 2021 seventh rounder Jake Funk, and then uh, undrafted uh, 2021 free agent here in Otis Anderson. No relation to the New York Giants, Otis Anderson. Uh, but he- here's where I think we are. I-, I do think that, generally speaking, the collective fantasy group has gravitated to Jake Funk. That was sort of the immediate knee-jerk reaction. I was actually in a dynasty league that after the news broke, he was the first guy picked up. It's easy to like Jake Funk because of his pro day performance. 4.49 in the 40-yard dash, 38-inch vert, 120 inches in the broad, 6.71 in the three-cone, which is fast. 4-1-2 in the short shuttle, 22 reps on the bench. All of those numbers are great for uh, the, the position this year in terms of the pre-draft process. But the problem with him, 71 touches last year for Maryland. That's it. That's very lightly used. And that was his best. That was his career best. So very lightly used. He was drafted as an athletic specimen, but not necessarily as a guy who's absolutely going to slide in and have a big role in this offense. So I think actually the more likely candidates would be Jones or Calais as the next man up. Now, I think we do need to know a little bit about each of these guys. So Jones not drafted, but he's a very interesting player. He actually looks the part of a pro back, like has the build of an NFL back. At SMU in his redshirt senior year, so he was there for five years, so he came in a little bit older. But 23 rushing scores. Now, granted, I don't buy in on, oh, look at the college stats, bro. That doesn't really tell us much. There's You need the context of the college stats to really understand the player. And you certainly, it's not like the NFL where you just look at the stats and then the, and that gives you a, a, a lot of what you need to know. Doesn't. It doesn't. But I will say this. Nose for the freaking end zone. 23 rushing scores in a season. So that is good. Also, important... He was on the roster. He made the 53-man roster last year as a UDFA. Now, he did not play any running back. He was a special teamer, but he was on the squad for the whole year. So that's good. Calais was also on the roster for uh, four games as a special teamer. He helped out in the return game. But here's the difference. And I know some people are talking about Calais. We have to know the player. Just don't don't just look at the depth chart and be like, oh, Raymond Calais there. Okay, maybe we should consider him. He's five foot eight, one hundred and eighty eight pounds. There's there's not much there. He's he's undersized. Now he was electric at Louisiana Lafayette, but we also have to remember Louisiana Lafayette for a good chunk of that time has had you know the last several years good, really good offensive line as well. So that helps the cause. He just doesn't he doesn't look like anything more than a change of pace back in the NFL. And he could serve that role for this team, but I don't see him having a sizable role. So really it would come down to Jones or Funk as the next guy up because Otis Anderson also undersized uh 5'7, 179. He had, you know, really limited athleticism in the pre-draft process, very poor testing numbers, did a solid job at UCF, and solid enough, obviously, to get signed as a UDFA, but not much there with Otis Anderson. He's decidedly the, the fourth man on this list for me, no doubt about it. Now, interestingly, the Athletics' Jordan Rodriguez, uh, she said that Xavier Jones... Who? Xavier Jones. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. May quietly be one of the Rams' better assets this fall, depending on Daryl Henderson's health. 
That is something we really need to take into account. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that Jones is draftable at this point. Like in Dynasty, yes, you should be picking up Xavier Jones at this point. No doubt about that. But is he draftable? I I wouldn't say he is draftable in redraft leagues. Not at this point, but here's the beauty. It is July 21st, as I said at the top of the show. It is not August 21st. And I do think by August 21st, when we really are in the full swing of fantasy football draft season, we're going to have a good sense of where he stands on this depth chart and whether or not he's worth a late round dart. I'm not moving him into that range just yet, but we will, you know, we'll know. We'll know by that point. So that's what we have in-house. As I mentioned, I don't see the Rams signing and basically all the reports suggest this as well. Anybody who would compete with Henderson for early down work. So Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley or Adrian Peterson or even somebody like LaShawn McCoy, uh, Devonta Freeman, not, not likely. I think, if anything, where are they lacking right now? Perhaps it might be a little bit in the passing game. So that's where somebody like Duke Johnson or, you know, to a lesser extent, like an Edo Smith or a Deion Lewis or even a TJ Yeldon, Chris Thompson, guys like that could potentially contribute. It wouldn't be shocking if that played out. I don't think it's likely, though. I don't think it's likely. We could also see after uh, roster cutdowns, the Rams make a move in, in that regard. Remember, last year, we didn't expect Tampa to have Leonard Fournette, and, you know, they grabbed Leonard Fournette. We didn't expect Leonard Fournette to be available. So there could be some surprises like that, but for now, Daryl Henderson is the guy. I would say late third, early fourth round uh, is where I'm going to grade him in redraft leagues. Now, in terms of Matthew Stafford, I don't think this means he throws any more or any less. I don't think this dramatically changes Sean McVay's overall outlook for this this year. I think that the game plan is still going to be relatively the same. So Stafford remains... A very, very intriguing back-end quarterback one. You know, he's not going to run. He doesn't have that element to his game. But does he have 40-plus touchdown upside? Yes. In this offense, absolutely. Does he have the potential to throw for 4,800-plus yards? Yes, absolutely he does. Remember, in a 16-game season, Jared Goff topped 4,600 yards twice in this offense. So there is intrigue there, but... I don't think, you know, I'm not moving Stafford. I'm not moving Robert Woods. I'm not moving Cooper Cup. I'm not moving Tyler Higby. The only player who really dramatically moves for right now is Daryl Henderson. Like I said, 21 in my rankings. That puts him, really, I would say it's fair to view him as an early fourth-round pick, but I don't think he lasts that long. I think Henderson's going to kind of be a little bit of a buzz player Uh, and perhaps might even be a late second-round pick. Unfortunately, that's a little ahead of value. The earliest I would go on him would be late third round, uh, just given the information that we currently have. Of course, still have about a month until the full swing of fantasy football draft season. So anyway, there you go. We unpacked the fantasy football fallout of the Cam Akers injury. Injuries effing suck in football. I hate them. But you know what I don't hate? I don't hate when you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Radcliffe and follow me on Instagram at Jeff Radcliffe. Also, make sure you go check out everything we have to offer over at FTNFantasy.com. Lots of goodies 
for fantasy football purposes over there, including my draft guide, uh, the game plan for 2021. And of course, we'll be updating that soon because, well, we have to now because of Cam Akers. Anyway, go check it out over at FTNFantasy.com. Promo code RATPACK gets you a discount right there. All right, I'll be back on the flip side. We will do quarterback tiers tomorrow, so I will talk to you then. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.